This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Knock Up Podcast episode uh, 42. 42 with, with, a, with a slight asterisk. Um, that asterisk being recorded last week. Um, we actually recorded what we both thought was a pretty good episode um, over the year and reviewing the fights that were coming up um, on the weekend and then also last night. But Wonders of Craig, our sort of Discord recording bot, um, decided decided to to not to not play ball and and cut out half of our audio. So um, yeah, we're back with sort of forty two dash, um, but it still should be a good episode. Um, obviously, still back with Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Yep, not too bad. Yeah, it is a shame about that last one, the lost episode, we shall call it. Um, and it's just crazy how we got every one of our predictions right, and we were like. So we called all the fights perfectly, but it's yeah. just a shame that um, no one was there to hear it. Um, very disappointing, yeah. obviously, but um, that's okay. Yeah, we'll be back. You'll just have to take our. Um, you'll just have to take our. our word for it. <laughs> I, I specifically remember you saying, "Watch out for Carlos Felipe, Justin Taffer. That's a sleeper." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be a banger. I'll take your word for it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, Carlos Condit's gonna. Put in the best wrestling performance of his career. I also said that. Um, it was just, I was I was on something. And yeah, you yeah, were, you Yal- really were. It was just I don't know. Yalquin Buckley. I could see it. He he dips low. He's going to get head kicked. I tell you. But alas, what are we going to do? You're just going to have to take our word for it. Um, but yeah, jokes aside, we will we will run through um, away cater card largely the main event, which obviously has garnered much. Um, Sort of discussion and for the for the the manner of the victory, um, we will look very briefly at the card that happened. Sort of well, I guess during the sort of the evening. It's not even last night, really. Um, during the evening, um, we'll sort of mainly just touch on the main event, and we'll look forward to Poirier McGregor two at the weekend, which good good main good co main, and and there's there's a few fighters of of intrigue, but we'll mainly be looking at. At McGregor and McGregor Poirier and at Hooker Chandra as that as that co-main. Um, but we'll start with the fights of last weekend. Um, we may as well just start at the top because there's <laughs> the big, the big, the big takeaway. The big. Um, Max Max Holloway, Calvin Cater. I mean, just just reading it back. 5043, 5043, 5042. I mean, it's. I, I saw I saw someone. I quite respect who I who I sort of follow a lot saying it's it, it was one of the best performances in the UFC he's ever seen. I mean, was unbelievable from from start to finish from Max Holloway. Yeah, and those scorecards, like I think judges in MMA are quite conservative, and but in any other fight, a lot of to be honest, I I've watched the fight a few times now, and like looking back. There's a genuine argument that every single round is at least a 10 8. Um, like, Cater has moments of success in, like, say, the third. He does hurt Max a little bit, but it's very brief. And then Max is right back on him and rid, like, and busting him up. So, like, genuinely, the first, the third, and the fifth could be 10 8s. And then I think the second and the certainly the fourth are 10 7s. Um, which means that there's a decent argument, at least from me, this fight could be scored 50-38, and that is ridiculous. Um, so it was 
essentially a beatdown for the ages. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, he did a lot of things that we said, and this is we did we did genuinely say these things. Um, and that was that Kata really backs up on a straight line, and Holloway is very good at taking very slight angles midway through his combinations. So he'll jab or he'll feint and then take a slight angle and carry on the rest of his combination. Um, and he like made Kata pay for that by changing angles and changing levels very well. So punish the body um, and then punish the head. Um, Max did that very effectively in this fight, really broke him down to the body. Uh, if you look at like, I think some of the records that Holloway broke for this fight was um, obviously like the most significant strikes landed and um, like thrown, but also like he did break the record for most significant strikes landed to the head and I think most significant strikes landed to the body. Um, so it really showed how he broke Calvin down like top to bottom. He was destroyed. Um, but no, he just did. Um, like fantastic work, got on him from the start. Didn't take him long to figure him out, um, and they yeah, like got his reads and really made uh, Kata pay for his kind of lack of kind of defensive depth and his poor footwork um, because Kata was mostly relying on like a high guard, which he normally always does. Uh, one of which is one of the other things that really led the body to be open. Um, and then also just his other defense is really just kind of like countering um, to discourage you. Uh, but Max has, and this performance really showed it as well, that Max genuinely has, for my money, the best chin of all time. Like, it's insane. He's just made of iron. Um, he just can't be hurt. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's another record. I think he broke in this fight. It's the most fights in the UFC without ever being knocked down. So, um it really was a, just a historic performance from Max overall, um, and absolutely fantastic. What did you think? I mean, just I mean, I, I can only really echo those words. It's like brutal from start to finish. I think, I think from a, a lot of it was Max being incredible. I think for Kato, I think there were some. He, he did make Holloway's task a bit easier, and like that's not chat. Like as you said, that like that high guard. That high guard is fine in isolation, but you can't just be if you're if you're adopting a high guard and then just backing up onto the fence against Max Holloway. That's only going to end badly, you know. I think someone someone I saw pointed out is constantly pulling away to his right or well to his left, but to Max's right into Max's power hand. Max just getting that sort of right that right knee and that right hook just off at will because Cater was just was just pulling away into his power shots. I think there were. I think it wasn't his best performance, and I think probably this is probably the fight to say. Or, well, I don't even know because, like, how you know who else in this division was was going to do that to Kater other than Holloway? It's like, I, it, uh, yeah, honestly, like, not even Volkanovski, who is in his own right an absolutely fantastic fighter, um, like wouldn't have that kind of performance against Kater. This is a uniquely Max Holloway performance, and beat him down in essentially the only. Only in a way that only he could. Um, yeah, I mean, that yeah, fourth um, round, I said it when I watched it. I think I watched, watched it again the night after. I mean, you know, Kate has, Kate has got some chin on you. you. You talk about Max's chin, and yeah, if we're talking about longevity, but in that fight, I've no idea how Kate didn't even go down. 
in that in that fourth round, you know, I think I think I think Herb Dean must must have, must have just thought he was a fan or something. You know, the fans were back in. He might have just got himself confused. Like, oh, like I mean, you no. know, he didn't go down, but I'm like, some of that is tough to watch. Fourth round, no, like genuinely, like this was on like I think on like network American television, like in the day, and like in a way, it's kind of a bad introduction for MMA fans because like it was fairly disgusting to be honest. Like. I don't understand why referees let Max do that to people like Ortega as well. Um, it's just like permanently altering like their life and career. Um, and it's terrible. And like, also like the Soriano, like I think Herb Dean literally just wants to see a man die in the cage. Like Soriano Todorovic fight earlier in the night as well. was also a very late stoppage from Herb Dean. I think Herb Dean was the, uh, Jai Herbert, um, like, stoppage like last year that was absolutely awful as well he's had a really like lately a few really bad stoppages it's just um, this it's, and, uh, it, like it's this could have go ahead go ahead oh yeah i was saying like really herb dean should have been really looking closely at this fight from the second round onwards and and then like so like as soon as it kind of like the third so like the second third fourth like there are arguments for stopping it in really kind of all of those rounds. And the fact that it wasn't stopped in the fourth was just disgraceful, to be honest. Um, like, I don't know how Calvin Cater will like bounce back from it and like how he'll look like Ortega certainly seemed to like not be too permanently damaged um, from his fight with Max, but um, that's possibly an outlier. So we'll have to see how Cater looks coming back, but I think you should take a very long time out. Um, a couple uh, of years, just, to be honest. Probably, it just it it just seems like I think what there just seems to be such a a lack of willingness to end a fight when it's standing up. Like I think about the Gaethje Ferguson one, and that's perhaps the only one that sticks in my mind. But we're talking about Ferguson literally cowering over and turning his back. Yeah. So, so if 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 Cater had like slipped. A minute earlier into that fourth round pummeling on the ground, that fight gets stopped in an instant as soon as yeah. he hits the floor. It's just this bizarre, it's sort of like in football, again, not very good analogy. They have there's all this argument about sort of football players diving to win a penalty, but if they stay on their feet and the foul still happens, the ref doesn't give a penalty. So if if Cater is strong willed and has an iron chin and doesn't go down, himself more damage because if it as soon as you know there just seems to be no willingness to stop it. i mean i can talk about yeah. their corner as well i mean the corner comes back in the fourth and he's not saying anything he's breathing he can't he can't can't catch his breath he's still out of breath by the end of the thing and all they're saying is calvin just you know keep your keep your back off the fence and just land that big shot i'm like were we watching the same <laughs> round the, you know yeah. the, the fence the, the fence was the only thing keeping him up in that fourth round Oh, no. it's just like, like and, yeah. and yeah, I've I've not I've I've not got Calvin's um career at stake. I, I I'm not personally invested in his career to the extent that his coaches are. But even but there's an answer. If you are investing in his career, the more sensible decision is to take him out of there. Don't let him have that. I mean, that that last round, I don't think was you know particularly bad, but it was unnecessary damage. Oh, so it was like I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't particularly bad um, in the context of the fight, but like as I said, I'd, looking at that round in isolation, I'd still call that probably a ten-eight round. Like, Cater got very little accomplished. Um, 
and was getting battered from pillar to post really um not the like the kind of nearly ending the fight damage that some of the other rounds had but it was fairly decisive i mean well very decisive and still very damaging um and yeah like even to be fair at some points cater did from one of the body shots he did seem to kind of cower away a little bit but then um kind of got back into it and then i think in the fourth like um they like broke at some points like max went to a bit more range and you could see cater could barely stand up like he was wobbling all over the place and like as a referee if you see a fighter that can like it is a miracle he's still standing and is like doing a dance in the middle of the cage you should after a sustained beating you should really stop that um so yeah it was real bad but no max looked absolutely fantastic he mixed his weapons yeah, i don't want to um i don't want to sort of you know, I, I feel like i had to have that come i feel like i had to bring that in but i don't want that to detract from yeah. you know it's not it's not it's not max's job to stop the fight and and you know he kept going yeah. and as you said <laughs> as, as you were going to say the variety of weapons was something that we said i think i think i think i think this is this is an evolution the thing the thing that um well, not not surprised me. The thing that I was I was like happy to see is like that that early start. You know, not not. I mean, okay. Normally he wins those early rounds, but we're not we're not talking about that kind of output. And I think that's a yeah. good habit for Max to get in because he can go twenty five minutes at that pace. So why why have the even unnecessarily slow? But like when you know you can go at a faster pace, why why bother slowly uh, I building think that into the was... fight? I think that was something specific to Cater, and I think it's probably just due to he got his reads early. So, like, one thing Max did very well in this fight is he, like, really did just, like, obviously, he really kept on Cater, but it was always, he mixed in all the weapons that were going to be, pretty much all of them, that were going to be used throughout the fight very early to establish them as threats. And then um, this was probably Max's best kind of fainting performance. So he mixed in like all his weapons quite early in the first round. And then throughout the rest of the fight, he was fainting them and Kate was really biting on the feints and really worried about them. Um, and from there, like Max just had like really brilliantly like varied entries and ways that he could get in and initiate exchanges against Kater. Um And even like when Kater landed counters, Max did a real good job of like returning on them after that to the point that Cater landed quite a few counters, but Max still won the exchanges. And it's genuinely one of like the most high percentage, like there isn't, this isn't an official stat. Um, I don't know if they've really measured this. It's kind of subjective anyway, but like, like Max won 95 plus percent of the exchanges. Like there are a few where like, Cater uh, dinged him and Max backed off a little bit. He landed a good uppercut, I think, in the third round. Um, but other than that, Max won every single exchange, um, even in ones where he got hit. Um, so he did that very well. Um, and then, yeah, the variety um, of the weapons. I know Max has done, I don't know how recently it's been, but there's been pictures of him working with a, I'm going to butcher his name, um, he's like a very famous Nakmoy. Um, he's like one of the greatest of all time, like Sam Art. Um, Sam Art, I'm going to call him because I don't know how to say his last name. Um, he's like, there's like pictures and video of him um, working with him, and you can really see it in the way that Max has kind of um, 
like Muay Thai is evolving and becoming more of a factor in the last two fights specifically. Um, and knees, and knees, and knees and elbows were great in this one especially. Yeah, the el- the elbows was the elbow was fantastic. Like just lined him up perfectly um, and cracked him more to, like so many times. Um, but yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and like this, I'm just like every like minute there's something new comes to my house oh yeah max did this amazing he did this amazing it's just like there was so much he did so much and he did it all so well um improved like massively improved head movement i'd say for max as well um max generally like has decent head movement but he can often square up in his stance and that's when he'll get caught he didn't really have any of that this fight um not much squaring up and his head movement looked um better overall and he was using it um to initiate exchanges brilliantly as well um yeah literally like in pretty much every facet of the game max looked superb and um just amazing there's not much really that you can say um it was like i think daniel cormier summed it up um although did kind of ruin it after but after the fight daniel cormier was like it's the kind of performance that just leaves you absolutely lost for words um and it really is it was like truly brilliant um, um, I mean, what I think of... is no, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. It was, I think it will fit into probably what you're going to say anyway. Well, I was just saying, sort of like looking forward. Um, see, as you said, um, please, Calvin Cater, take a long time out. Um, let's let's not have any like thoughts of sparring for nine months, please. I mean, well, I mean, I mean Holloway didn't even spar before this fight. That was that was something that was brought up um but i mean for holloway it, it it feels like there's there's nothing else other than um other than the winner of ortega versus volkanovsky really yeah well like so this is like kind of what i was just about to say is that it's rare i don't know like many examples i don't know if any really in mma um other than like khabib maybe um but probably there are some in boxing that you can think of, but my boxing history knowledge isn't uh, good enough. But it's Matt Holloway is essentially a certified all-time great, like top five ever. Um, like he is fantastic. One of the, and in terms of like some of the other all-time greats are older, come from a slightly kind of worse era. Um, so he's genuinely one of the best fighters of all time, undoubtedly. And he's still kind of, this performance and the second Volkanovski fight kind of showed that he's still in his prime, probably. I think that's just quite rare for a fighter to be a definitive all-time great and still be in their prime. It's quite special. Um, and so you said there's like, obviously the Volkanovski Ortega winner is an option, but like going outside of that, like Max can just be even if like he's not necessarily fighting for belts, but like Max can just go to 155, say, and have like some big fights there. Um, like I don't think Khabib's interested in coming back, but that would be a good fight. Um, if McGregor beats Poirier at the weekend, which we'll get onto later, um, I think that's also a very good fight. Um, so really, Max can just be going round, kind of for the rest of his prime, kind of just having absolutely like dream fights because it's rare to see two um i mean 
I mean, well, that's the thing about the kind of Volkanovski fight is that like two kind of all-time greats in their prime fighting together is very rare, which is the appeal of a Volkanovski fight. But also then other legacy fights for Max are very interesting as well. Something that would just add to his um, kind of status as one of the all-time greats. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I'm not that bothered if like Max doesn't necessarily get a title shot straight away. Um, just because I'd go and watch Max fight anyone pretty much. So I don't care who he wants to fight. There are, um, there are, there are options out there for him, certainly. Yeah. So I'd I still, certainly, I, I really still, would like I still to see want that. I still want that, that him versus the beat five round. I've, I've, I've... Oh, that would be brilliant. <laughs> I'd, I don't know. Like, part of me wants that a lot, but also part of me just thinks that's a bit um, a bit cruel. Um, <laughs> um, so I don't know. It would be quite good. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> it it could get brutal by the like the third round. But also, on, it just it's just um, you know, as you said, who knows what he'll do with the with the title? Who knows what the UFC? But for a guy to have lost twice, okay, you know, as I always caveat second one close, very close. I think the sunny argument we said 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 that he won. For him to have lost twice. The same guy in, in two title fights. We have one performance, and immediately everyone is just saying <laughs> there, there is no other option. If, yeah. he, if he's staying at one forty-five, there's no other option but to give him another shot, even though he's zero and two against this guy. It just goes to show you that it's just remarkable. It is like I, I think it's just you really get like hint like going back to kind of like he's an all-time great still in his prime it's like normally you're kind of nostalgic about a guy's career and like looking back wistfully like when he is out of his prime when he's on the downward slope but like it's almost like we're looking back on max holloway's career like oh you can look back and think about all the great things he's accomplished and then you still think of all the things he can still go on to do um so yeah i don't know um, I don't know what he'll do, but whatever he does, I think it will be um, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very just very excited. I personally, to be honest, like the Volkanovski fight, I think can wait a little bit. Um, let Volkanovski fight Ortega, obviously that's booked, and then if there's someone else after that, he could fight them as well. Maybe probably beat them, um, and like Holloway can fight McGregor or something. Uh, just keep him away from Justin Gaethje because I don't want to see that. But um, <laughs> other than that, I think he'll be in fantastic fights. Um, so yeah, Big, Matt's truly um, at the peak of his powers. It's very true. Um, moving on from that, so yeah, Holloway Gate is obviously the main attraction. Um, what else on this card? I mean, we had we had Carlos Condit, Matt Brown, which, as we said, you you predicted would be the um, the wrestling coming out party for Carlos Condit. Um, I feel I feel slightly aggrieved, um, as did Matt Brown, that he didn't win that first round. I'm not really sure how he didn't get um, yeah, one of the judges to give to give him to give him that first, um, let alone two or three. Um, good win for Condit, I think. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I saw somewhere. Or some people reporting that this was his last fight on his contract. Yeah, then, I think that is true. Then, then there was there was then there was some suggestion that, in terms of the, the post fight interview, they they were asking you know, who who would you want next. So, who knows whether um, there's still a 
still a future. I mean, there's not. But I mean, he, I mean, he's thirty six, but there's still opportunities for him to have. He is an old thirty six, though, in terms of like fight years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I just pulled up. I just pulled up that. Um, pulled up that Wikipedia and that sort of. Uh, it's it's sort of two wins between twenty between November twenty twelve and December twenty eighteen. It's uh, it's not looking good. But um, yeah, I think I think there's some I think there's some fun old man fights to, for for him to have a to have a while to wait. Um, yeah, let's, if he let's, wants let's to get, let's get Condit versus Lawler, just like the two old guys who have completely lost oh it, just God. run it back. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that would be quite depressing. Um, would be. It's so, so much worse than the first fight. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just be like in comparison, like what the fights are only five years apart and you could see it like oh my god they're so much worse <laughs> um no i don't know about that that'd make me very sad um but yeah that was a it was a fun enough fight they're both so like kind of shot but um you know old man fights are okay it's probably better that they're fighting each other and not fighting someone that's going to completely blast their head off um although there is an argument to be made if they fought like a really young like up and comer that blasted their head off, that they might retire sooner, and maybe in the long run that's better for them. Um, so that is an argument, but, but I don't mind it. <laughs> it was fun. Um, um, and then the rest of the main card, down. which is quite quick knockout. Yeah, sorry, got ahead of myself. Right? No, no, you go for it. Yeah, just like then the rest of the main card, just quite quick knockouts. Um, like the. Uh, Lee Ponzinibbio one was just like Ponzinibbio looked fairly bad, just didn't really have any method of reliably initiating. Um, like kicked his leg a few times, but then after that, just looked completely impotent. Um, and then, like, yeah, uh, Lee caught him with a left hook that he threw about 50 times in the four minutes that the fight was going, um, and knocked his head off. Um, <laughs> but it was a bit like. It just like Ponzinibbio has taken so much time out. Um, all of his primes essentially been wasted away due to injuries, and um, yeah, it's a bit bit sad. But um, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that was not that was not ideal. Um, the Wacking Buckley hype train um, <laughs> comes to a comes to a well a, a delay. I mean, I think I think when I looking back, everyone everyone seems to forget. Um, albeit it was a it was a late notice um, fight. Him, I mean, him against him against Kevin Holland on his UFC debut wasn't wasn't a pretty sight. Yeah, he got uh, He's obviously got two. <laughs> he's obviously got two wins since then. Um, Alessio de Chirica, I think that's how you say. I mean, for him, it's a cracking win because he was he was three three on the uh, three on the skid, and you wonder whether a what a, what a, what a, what a loss could have done there. But good win for him and. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll 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 clearly have to be more more careful moving moving forward with whacking Buckley if, if they want to maintain their. Oh, look at the crazy knockout this guy did, but he's actually still beating guys up. Look, yeah. So uh, just, yeah. Just, just just having fighting guys just sort of coming in on their debut on short notice, and he can just knock them out. Yeah, I think, like, oh, uh, did you see this knockout? <laughs> pretty much, that's what he's going to be useful for, I think. Like, because he's not particularly good. Um, but like he does have like obviously kind of growing room. How old is he? I assume he's young. Um, 
He's 26, so like, he has had 16 fights though. But he does have some growth left, so if he can turn things around, um, like he could be interesting going forward. But I, from the looks of him, he looks like to be the kind of guy that will get a scary looking knockout and then like then get knocked out in a scary looking way the next fight. Um, and that's probably just going to be a bit of Yalcom. That's probably going to be him for a while. Um, because he just, yeah, he doesn't really just seem to have any kind of reliable way of getting the kind of fight he wants. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's that good, but he can be fairly exciting. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so we are new to Dorovich. Yeah, we, we sort of mentioned this. This was a this was a really weird one. Dorovich um, was sort of essentially knocked out. He was like out on his feet trying to find his mouth guard, which went like under the octagon again. Yeah, you could sort of see him like reaching down to get his mouth guard, standing up, sort of wobbling all over the place. I'm like, this guy's getting knocked out as soon as the fight restarts. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And lo and behold, another mouth guard was retrieved. The first shot he took, and down he went. Um, very bizarre, but a good win for for Soriano because you know Todorovic was a guy that oh, still does. You know, one one result does doesn't necessarily change that, but was a guy that was coming in with a certain degree of of hype and sort of promise behind him. So yeah, that's. I mean, Soriano in his. Is in his own right, you know, he's now he's now eight and oh, so um, yeah, a good a good fight with two sort of young, young prospects who hopefully will still be still be sort of in and around the division later on in, in a few years' time. Yeah, that it was a very late stoppage. Um, I think I think there was I can't remember, I think there were about three knockdowns, weren't there? Something like that. Um, but I think after the second one, from what I remember, you could stop it. And then there was a different time. Like, there were quite a few good moments to stop this. And I think this was quite late. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sold on Soriano. Um, I think it's a similar... It's probably cutting away my bias. I don't like fighters that are really reliant on counterpunching. MMA, uh, like in MMA, Initiative, and Max Holloway shared this, initiative is so important uh and that's basically how we beat cater he just never let cater like dictate the fight it was always on his terms uh and soriano doesn't really have a way to seize the initiative other than landing a big shot and really hurting you but outside of that it's just kind of him waiting to land an overhand left um which like he missed on quite a few times but like Starovich was pulling back in the same way every time and then Soriano kind of just delayed it a little bit and managed to reach him and that was what started it. But yeah, just he doesn't have a reliable way to like seize the initiative and go about his work um for me to like him. Um so yeah, I'm not sold on him. I think he needs to kind of get more leading weapons and develop his kind of entries um but he hits hard so he's always going to be dangerous he's got an eye he's got an eye for a counter and he can adapt his he can adapt his timing which is what he did to to Darvich. so like he's dangerous but i just don't think he's that good um but yeah well the That's future on him. future will tell 
Um, the last one we had down to touch on was, um, which, as I said before, we did predict, um, Felipe Taffa, which actually was um, a really, really enjoyable um, weight scrap. Um, Taffa, for a guy who's, I mean, I don't know how many... Um, how many amateur fights he's had but for a guy who's who's only had um six mma fights total three of which have come in the ufc um and he's lost two of them still looks to be to me quite a quite a fun a fun guy to watch yeah no like i really actually do quite enjoy justin taffer um as like off brand as it is to enjoy kind of heavyweight fights um <laughs> uh but no he's like just kind of i think just more fun tied to Ivasa. um he like, yeah, he's he worked well with the body kick in this fight. He worked that really well, um, and then the uh, the leg kick as well, um, which he did. Like the amount of damage he put on Felipe's leg from kind of from a lead leg uh, from a lead leg kick to the leg was very impressive. Like obviously the heavyweights, and I know they kick very hard, but um, still that was mighty impressive managed to break uh felipe's stance quite a few times um so yeah i thought that was good um and then but felipe did then start to pour it on um in the second round started working the body a lot more with combinations but then taffa adapted and started to do that himself as well um and then they were like forehead to forehead in the second and the third um just swinging wild um and like genuinely a very fun like up there with one of the best, like some of the best heavyweight fights you'll see um, in a uniquely kind of heavyweight way. Um, so yeah, I thought it was very fun. Um, great fight. <laughs> it was. And yeah, it, it was, was a bit stuff, like, um, a shame that they didn't get a fight of the night for that because um, obviously like Holloway said in the cage, like Casey, you'll get 50k for that, which like after the beating he took, he probably deserved. But Felipe Taffer was probably a more deserved fight of the night just because it was a fight, whereas Holloway Cater wasn't really a fight. Um, yeah, I could sort of see Holloway Cater <laughs> being sort of more deserving of the performance in terms of, as you said, that I, I'm not sure how much of a fight it was for for large portions of that 25 minutes. Yeah, I think like it was. It's in part like because Max said in the cage, like Cater will get 50k for that. Um, I think they kind of had to give it to him after max said that yeah. um like it was max's moment he called his shot and like can't really deny him uh but also i'm kind of glad because katie deserves it um after that so in the end it's probably the wrong result but i'm happy about it anyway yeah but i mean i think i think generally a, a pretty um good card obviously that cracking main event um in terms yeah. of looking at the fights last night or yesterday afternoon, um, only really, well, we're only really going to touch on the main one, and even then, is it sort of <laughs> again? It perhaps, perhaps the only um, I forget we didn't actually have the, the the podcast last week. The only prediction that we did actually say was expected Kiesa Magni, which which I think you know anyone who knows these two fighters knew it was going to be it was going to be a grindy um you know cage clinch ground um for performance for 25 minutes um and it did end up that way um 
up, but Michael Chiesa came out on top. Um, a, a good, a good solid win for him, and sort of he begins to to really stake his name um, in the welterweight division now with with four wins on the bounce, um, albeit some of them against questionable um, competition, you know, Diego Sanchez and all. Um, <laughs> a good, a good, a, a good performance, um, a good win, and um, yeah, it's just very grindy sort of workman-like yeah. performance. No, like, it was that, but I was actually quite impressed with Chiesa as a grappler. Um, I mean, like, we know he's good, but, like, he, I was very impressed with him in this fight. Um, his pressure, like, the shoulder pressure on the ground and his, like, guard passing was very good. He got to mount, like, basically whenever he wanted. Magni couldn't, uh, like, stop his progression. Um, and then he also, Magni also used, like, leg entanglements to create scrambles, but Chiesa always managed to kind of roll with them and end up on top like often just taking mount straight from a leg entanglement as well um so yeah he's very well scored on the ground um very good there um didn't look really at any point to have a solid submission threat though um so obviously magni's a good grappler as well but like obviously that would be a a nice thing if he can really work that into a more kind of reliable way to get to a submission uh, but overall, I'm very impressed with Kiesa as a grappler. But it was, yeah, as we said, a grindy performance, pretty much as we expected. Yeah, good side. Um, you know, we were we were just we were saying um, before we came on. Um, I think I think we both think that, as you said, a good win. And yeah, I think he showed a lot of skills on the ground. I'm not sure as to his sort of long term. Little capabilities in welterweight. I think there's a lot of guys in there who perhaps have more sort of versatile arsenal in terms of keeping um, the fight up. I think I think welterweight for is not is not the division where you can probably get. It's probably one of the divisions where you're going to get by least if you're just wrestling because there's so many good wrestlers in there who've also yeah. got the capability to strike well with you. Who um, are yeah. Who are much better strikers than uh, Michael Chiesa? Like uh, Usman would absolutely terrorize him on the feet. So um, yeah, I don't know. Um, like Chiesa is just far too limited. He did like a few good kind of like ducking entries into clinches from kind of open space. He did that quite well. So um, he's got entries into the clinch from striking range, but. Um, he doesn't have the striking or can do that reliably enough to really avoid some of the more dangerous people in this division on the feet. Um, so I think he's very limited in how far he can go. Like he might make top five, um, but I think, yeah, top 10, which he's at like now is around his limit. Um, so we'll see what he does next, but uh, I don't know. Someone like, like he called out Colby Covington. I think Colby would probably have his way with him to be honest. Yeah. But we'll see. There's time. Um, I mean, this was this was actually I didn't look it up, but this feels like his first fight in. Yeah, I mean, his first. Oh well, he did fight. Yeah, well, yeah, he he fought in January. Um, so yeah, first fight in about a year, but um, he's got he's got time, and I I I I felt like he can get better in that, and he probably knows he needs to, but it it's probably a bit too late in his career to see the sort of kind of um diversification of his of his um offense 
to the point where where it's it's, it's going to make him truly competitive against the uh, the elites in in the one seventy division. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I think like he can like improve kind of technically and his skills, but like he kind of is who is who he is now. And stylistically, I don't think he's going to change. He can get better at some of the things he's already good at, um, but he's I don't think he's going to add new wrinkles to his game. Um, so yeah, he can just who is who he is at this point. Elsewhere on that, um, I we sort of neither of us have really had time to watch a lot of that card, but um, disappointing to see Munir Laziz lose. Um, he was a guy, I think he beat um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan and looked quite good. Um, so annoying to see sort of Wiley, Ar- Wiley Alves come in at late notice and beat him and then call out Nate Diaz of all people, or it might have been Nick Diaz. I'm, more, I'm not even quite sure. Um, it's like steady on. Um, look, yeah, Lerone Murphy, who we previewed, um, got a good win against Douglas Silva de Andrade or Andrade, however you say it. Um, good win for him. He seems to be a guy that really is just out of nowhere. Really came in on late notice against Tuka Govan. Obviously got that drawn now. A couple, couple of wins. Um, obviously, it's difficult for these sort of British and European fighters to build a lot of momentum because they're seemingly only fighting at this current moment. There's only opportunities to fight maybe sort of three times a year with um, various restrictions in place, but hopefully um, he can get another fight when the next fight Ireland comes around. But yeah, he's a guy that there's a long way to go. Um, you know, I don't think Andrade is anywhere near, you know, top sort Andrade, of 20. Yeah, of, yeah Andrade is decent. Like he's a good challenge. I gave Pei Yana a not terrible fight. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the fight yet. I've only watched the main event, um, but I'll watch it later. And yeah, I think Lira Murphy, I've seen like kind of highlights, little bits of him, and he looks pretty good. Um, I like the look of him. So yeah, when I watch that, I'll probably have more to say um, for his next fight. But no, I'd like Andrade is decent. Yeah. Um, well, with all that being said, there's not a whole lot else. Um, we did have Davison Figueredo and I think Khabib's sort of brother and cousin fighting on the prelims. They both seem to got wins, but I haven't seen that those fights. Um, that's really what we have for this bit of it. Um, so we can sort of move to the last bit of, of this episode, and that is looking forward to um, the weekend's fight, um, McGregor Poirier 2 everything else on that card um there's some good fights on there um press so you can we mentioned um, before we came on that's a really good fight to keep you on that's headlining the prelims um the hebas is fighting that'll be good to see how she gets on um otman azaita i think he's undefeated and seems good um jessica right joanne caldwood will probably not be as good um oh, but... jessica right it's my least favorite fighter i think um, she's just so bad. She's so bad as a fighter, and then just so cringy as a person that um, <laughs> I just cannot yeah. enjoy a Jessica I fight. Um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, but we no, will, we've got. We'll, the- we'll try. <laughs> well, that is that is your that is your. If if you stand up for it, that is the go get the coffee, go get the snacks. Yeah, you know we're nearly there. Let's just push into the last two. Um, yeah, I can't believe that they've put that right before the co-main as well. It's like. You want a build like you want to build up a good card and like build excitement towards the main event, 
why put Jessica Rye, Joanna Cole? Unless they literally put it as like, yeah, go get, go have a break. But like, breaks between fights are generally long enough that you can go do whatever. Like, like I do, I don't understand the placing of that as the third down the list. It's fairly ridiculous. Literally, any other fight could go above that. Um, so yeah, whatever. Which is like a bit harsh on Joanne Calderwood, but you're fighting Jessica Rye. Um, what do you expect? I mean that'll be I can I can you know I haven't I haven't done a bet in a couple of weeks um but that that has got that has got split decision victory for either <laughs> or written all over it it really um, does <laughs> so we'll, we will see um we'll move though to the co-main event um Dan Hooker Michael Chandler um for obvious contractual reasons, as with the rest of the UFC, we can't mention the organisation that Michael Chandler came from. He's just a, <laughs> just a champion from outside the UFC. No other organisations yeah. exist. Um, yeah, the uh, the former Bellator um, weight champion, um, although although did 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 lose that a couple of fights ago, uh, comes in to fight Dan Hooker, who last fight was that. Um, amazing fight which he Poirier. lost against Dustin Poirier who is obviously headlining um I don't I, I really don't know I see this one going but I think I, I think I think I favor Hooker um Chandler just comes in with seemingly a lot of hype from the UFC but I don't feel like hype is perhaps um Sort of spread out amongst sort of the fans and and sort of people I I, I sort of respect talking about him. Um, it it seems like he's just sort of here because he's another name, but I'm not sure he's. I mean, he, he could prove wrong. I'm not sure where whether he will occupy um, sort of similar position to Hooker, Hooker as sort of like the best of the rest, or whether he can actually yeah. put on a good display and, and sort of chuck his name in the hat for the sort of top five for the division. No, it's like he is like. A good fight, like he's obviously a very good fighter. Um, he does come to the UFC probably a little or a decent amount post prime, is one thing to consider. Um, like Michael Chandler has been around for quite a long time. I think his fights with Eddie Alvarez were like the first one was 2011, something like that, which is crazy. Um, yeah, um, yeah, the first fight with Eddie Alvarez was 2011, like he's been around for a long time. Um, and he's 34, so he's not too up, like, but he's definitely passed his best. Um, so it'd be interesting to basically just see kind of where he's at, um, as of now. But I'd agree with you that I'd favor Hooker. I think that Hooker's a lot bigger, um, like a lot taller, a lot longer, and has decent weapons out at range to punish Chandler. Um, Probably like the jab and the calf kick, um, and one. I think when Chandler first lost his Bellator title um, against Brent Primus, it was that I think he got kicked in the calf, and then like it was a similar thing to what happened with um, Cejudo in the second uh, Demetrius Johnson fight, but it stopped the fight. Um, so maybe like his legs are a bit vulnerable, so Hooker can have good success kicking that. Um, 
And then also on the inside, Hook is actually very dangerous on the inside for a big man. Um, probably even more dangerous than at range. Um, he's got very good knees and uppercuts. Um, and for an opponent that's much shorter than him and someone that's probably going to be maybe level changing at a few points in this fight, um, Hooker's probably got going to have opportunities to really hurt him. Um, but so I'd fa- definitely favor Hooker um, in probably quite an exciting fight because Chandler can, um, like, is good on the feet as well. He can counter decently. Um, so I think I expect probably my main bet would probably be like Hooker to win an exciting fight or it's possible that Chandler can win quite a grindy fight um, against the cage, get a few takedowns um, and um, Chandler can win that way. Or maybe he could like grind Hooker against the fence and then punch on clinch breaks and hurt him maybe. Um, and also could maybe it could be an interesting fight and Chandler win that way. But my two main predictions would be Hooker in quite an exciting fight or Chandler in quite a boring fight. So we'll see what we get. We will. Um, yeah, I don't think I have too much to add. I think, as I said, I think I favour Hooker. Um, he's, got, he's got that experience. I only wonder um, his sort of... Um, his his ability to get hit quite a lot. Um, I think Chandler is a guy that, especially early on, um, strikes me as quite an explosive guy. Um, and I fear he, um, Hooker's tendency to get sort of clipped early on, um, get sort of embroiled in a in a in a war, um, could 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 perhaps um, serve serve to be a downfall early on if if Chandler can. If Chandler can get can get a quick counter off, as you said, um, but we'll see. I think, yeah, I think I favour Hooker just ever so slightly, um, but we'll see. Yeah, like that is a that is a thing. Like um, Chandler is very explosive and does hit hard, but like Hooker is another guy that is like legendarily tough at this point. Um, Barbosa really had to break down his body to finish him, and then like Poirier landed some big shots on him. Felder landed some big shots on him, and he doesn't like. He is legendarily tough. Um, so I don't see Chandler knocking him out. Um, and it's only a three-round fight. Hooker can fade a little bit, but as I said, it's only a three-round fight, so it shouldn't be an issue. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it'll be, it should be a good one, is what I think with Hooker winning. Let's hope so. Um, well, with all that sort of being said, um, we can move to... The main event. Um, it's actually written down here as Poirier McGregor. I don't know whether that's just a case of I'm surprised McGregor's not the first one out there, but I don't know what that's perhaps 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 just because it was Poirier McGregor the first time, so they wanted to do Poirier McGregor. I don't know. Um yeah. but... I think maybe I don't know if Poirier's ranked higher than him. If he is, that could be it. Um Yeah, possibly. I don't know Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, um, obviously the rematch of a sort, but that feels slightly um, disingenuous because it was many moons ago. Um, although perhaps I see a similar result, maybe not outcome. And so um, I think it's 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 fair to acknowledge that um, Poirier has well moved up a weight class and and sort of grown grown a lot um, in a in a sort of well. A physical sense, you know, he's, he's a lot bigger of a guy, but also in a, 
technical sense. Um, do do you think that this sort of Dustin Poirier we've seen now is a guy that who can sort of reverse that result of of six years ago or however long ago it was? Um, it is very it is possible. Like I remember when um, McGregor came back for the Cowboy fight, I wasn't really interested in it at all um, because I like Cowboy was a stylistic layup for McGregor. Um, this is like I favor McGregor. Um, I think he probably will knock him out fairly early um but it's not like an open and shut case like the cowboy fight was to me um poirier has defensively improved like fairly significantly since the first fight his guard is now like the weird kind of like kind of philly shell but also whatever it is i don't know um like poirier's guard is like very good for MMA and one of the things that Max had a lot of trouble with when they fought the second time. Um, so I think that that can, and is also kind of specialized for blocking straight shots, which um, is obviously McGregor's dangerous weapon. Although in the first fight, McGregor did make the adaption and like came deep and caught him with a hook. Um, so it is possible that, he can do that again, but it's more it's a more active guard than it used to be. So I think Poirier's guard will keep him in it early. Um and then Poirier's also a lot better now at kind of like building off his jab and kind of just generally building combinations. Um and I also think that he can have some success if he kicks Connor's leg. Um he's a decent leg kicker. He's never really been dedicated to it, but um it's there, um, and he did it a few times in the first fight. Um, so I think Poré can have success, and he can. But like another thing is that he could also, if he can clinch up with McGregor, he's a much better clinch fighter. And if he can get McGregor's back to the fence, McGregor really isn't very good when he's kind of confined like that. Like Nate Diaz isn't a very good clinch fighter, but really could pin Connor against the fence and kind of beat him up from the clinch when Connor was against the fence. Um, so I think Poirier can do very good work there and kind of, if he makes the early rounds quite grindy, um, Poirier can have a lot of success late, I think. Um, so that would be my kind of like path to success for Poirier, um, which is the result I'd want. I'd really want Poirier to win. Uh, but I'd probably say McGregor knocks him out like the second round, maybe. Like it'll be a bit more difficult than the first fight, um, but I think it will fairly end if end in a similar way. To be honest, McGregor will get yeah. his reads and finish Poirier. I think I feel largely the same. Um, we don't know what the game plan has been for Poirier, and, and and perhaps we'll see a tactical um evolution or or adaption but i look at um all the fights he's won and he's been involved in um you know, hooker okay could be was obviously slightly different but holloway alvarez gaethje you know essentially his last four wins were you know wars yeah like blood and guts I, wars that is what I've been I'm doing just, just not sure that early on against um 
they on against Connor, that is a strategy that's going to work particularly in your favour. I think if he's if he um, you know perhaps perhaps goes to the wrestling, that's something that has been talked about. Um, I'm not sure his wrestling is perhaps up to the level where it's something that he can go to as a first choice. Um, but I think if he can if he can keep it tight. Um, go to his leg kicks, which you said, which which I think is something that not a lot, not not enough people go to when they fight against Connor. Um, yeah. Go to his leg kicks, um, just like keep himself safe in those early couple of rounds. I, I do I do think he's got the ability to get to, um, to to get stuff off and have success. I just fear early on him getting into range if he gives if 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 McGregor gets his reads on him early that sort of like sort of like jump well not like that sort of like step in that Poirier does to get in range and get his sort of short range stuff off is going to be dangerous yeah he does shift a lot to get into range and Connor is a better as a counter puncher when he's the one pressuring he's a like he's a very kind of pressure counter puncher um, so if you get Connor like going backwards, he's not as dangerous on the counter. So, um, but still, like the shifts probably do leave Poirier a bit vulnerable. Um, but I think, yeah, we'll have. To, I think he can push McGregor backwards with his jab. He does have a very good jab, and as I said, he builds off it a lot better than Connor does. Uh, Connor doesn't really have that much of a jab to speak of, to be honest. Um, but. And his head movement is like decent in places. He can slip and counter, but like Poirier is actually a very good counter punch, to be honest. Um, so if he could play like a kind of aggressive counter punching game himself, that could also be interesting. Um, I'd like to see it. I don't know how much success he'd have with it. I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, but um, <laughs> but I think that'd be interesting from Poirier. And then, but. Yeah, kind of make it a bit grindy early on because he does have a huge cardio advantage, I think. Um, McGregor got very tired, obviously, in like the Diaz fights. And if you look at, like, say, the second Diaz fight where Connor was tired by the second or the third round, um, it was fought at nowhere near the pace that like the Holloway fight was or really kind of the Hooker fight was. Um, Poirier's gone longer fights, looked better at a much higher pace. So if it does go late, I think Poirier should have a massive advantage. Um, I think if he I can get that to work early on. Uh, yeah, it's thing. It's like it's it's the sort of catch twenty two of getting getting McGregor to work time out, but then being careful with that work and not and not overexposing yourself early on because whilst whilst you need him to work early, his time out late, you make him you know you if you're sort of too 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 careless with that work then. Well, you're not going to get to the late rounds. <laughs> you get blasted, yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll see. It'll be an interesting one. I, I, I said, I, I'd, I'd really love to see Poirier do the job on him. Um, I've got, I've got nothing against McGregor. I just think Poirier is a guy that's like in a hell of a lot of wars, and and to see him get a win like this would be fantastic. Equally well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, you know, gutted if if um, McGregor won. But I think it'd be really nice to see to see Poirier get a win. But I would. I would um, side with McGregor for the for the sort of reasons that we've both put forward. Yeah, I think I'd de- I'd definitely side with McGregor, but as 
as with you, I really want Poirier to win. Um, but I think it is like it is a fight that I'm very interested in. Whereas, like comparing to the uh, Cerrone fight, I just wasn't that interested in it. Um, well, well, and it's and it's down at you know, down at one five five again. Which you know, as 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 much as everyone you know hangs on about Connor fighting at one five five, and you know that's the way. This is only this will only be his third fight at one fifty five. You know, he's fought I think uh, what three times now in the UFC. Yeah. In in the UFC, um, so uh, if he can, you know, he looks like he's in good shape from the stuff I'm seeing. So, you know, I think I think if we can have a year where where he's fighting regularly, then that then that'll be great. But yeah, who knows? We, we shall see. No, I am, I am very I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it should be it should be a good fight. I don't see Poirier going down as early as he did last time, and I think he'll make a fight of it, even if I do see him then getting knocked out a bit later on. Um, well, unless there's anything else you wanted to uh, to mention, anything else you wanted to uh, to mention? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's all all I can think of. Right. Um, well, yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, I actually had a quick look um, just now. Uh, we do actually have no fights the week after next. Uh, I imagine that's a consequence of the sort of midweek fight. Um, the, the midweek fight card that we had um, well yesterday um so i'm sure we'll be back next week to discuss poirier mcgregor too um but there won't be fights to preview um and we'll then we can then look forward to over in volkov which happens the week afterwards which actually has got um cory sandhagen frankie edgar on it uh-huh. And, I've just seen um, that card, and the fact that 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 Sandhagen Edgar isn't the main event, and Volkov yeah. Overeem is, is criminal. Yeah, That's disgusting. And um, um, has has also got Benil Dariush versus Carlos Diego Ferreira, which is which is oh, nice. that'd be nice. And yeah. um, so cool. those 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 two should serve as some nice ones. Um, so yeah, we'll that's for a couple of weeks down the line. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be back hopefully next week to talk about um everything that's happened this week um and yeah everything that happens well yeah tomorrow night um but yeah stay safe everyone thank you for listening and um yeah we'll, we'll see you next week bye purple radio podcasts thanks for downloading this purple radio podcast for more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk